0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. I want to remind you that we have been currently in a series, and it's been entitled The Anchor Holds. And I hope that you've enjoyed it. Today we've come to the last message in the series, Four Strong Anchors for Life's Stormy Seas. And I pray that something we say today will be a blessing and encouragement to you. We're talking about when life suddenly has an interruption, when it has a disruption, when it sort of like knocks the wind out of your sail, maybe takes the spring out of your step, maybe takes some joy out of your heart. Sometimes things like this comes to us over a period of time, maybe on a gradual basis. And then sometimes these things come to us almost overnight in the blink of an eye without any warning at all. And so that's what we're talking about in the series The Anchor Holds. And I hope this will be a blessing to your heart. I hope we can share some spiritual truths with you this morning that will give you some encouragement that will nudge you along a little further from here to heaven. And so if you look with me, this is sort of like going to be expository for a few minutes as we go through these scriptures together today. And I'm going to actually begin reading in chapter 27 of the book of Acts, beginning with verse number 14. And uh, I'm going to read through verse number 29. So follow along with me if you can. The Bible says this in verse 14, but not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euclidon. And when the ship was caught and we could not bear up into the wind, We let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me or you should have listened to me and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and, Lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island but when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down an Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found at 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found at 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, They cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And so this morning I'm speaking on four strong anchors in life's stormy sea. I want you to look now. Here in this passage, we find the story of the Apostle Paul and a group of sailors in the midst of an overwhelming storm. This was no little storm, this was no little interruption. It was not an ordinary storm. And if you look closely in verse number 14, the Bible identifies this storm as the Usildon. Now that was a very rare type of a storm. Even nowadays, they are hard to come by. But this was the union of two powerful winds coming together Actually, it was a southeast wind coming together with a northeast wind simultaneously. And when these two winds met head on, it created winds. And we know them today to be tornadoes and hurricanes. It was of a ferocious force that they were meeting together. These mighty winds as they met head-on together, according to the word of God, they were tearing the ship all to pieces. And in verse 15, look at this, when the sailors realized that there was absolutely nothing that could be done to control the direction of the ship, the decision was made to let the ship just simply drive itself. The ship now was at the mercy of this fierce storm. And in verse 16, the scripture says, and running under a certain island, notice this. The storm was so fierce that these sailors had decided that they could do nothing to control it. They took their hands off the stern and they let the ship guide itself and the winds were blowing the ship dangerously close to the shoreline. And so as that appeared before them, they frantically once again began working to save the ship themselves. But it was a hopeless situation. In verse 17, notice this, the Bible says that when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship. And at the latter part of verse 17, they said they strike sail. Look at that very carefully. That means that they lowered the sails and decided that, The ship would now have to just simply drift and the waves would take it wherever it went. They felt that with the sails up on this ship in the storm, it would have caused severe, exceedingly severe damage than what was at hand. Now, verse number 18 and 19, and I'm paraphrasing some of this as we go through it expository just a little bit, but I want to speed this up just for a few moments If you look in verse number 18 and verse number 19, this storm now began to take on a higher level of intensity. And notice in verse number 18, the word says, and we being exceedingly tossed. And then in verse 19, the Bible says, and the third day we cast out our own hands. They were working frantically. Paul was working with them. It's now coming down to every man for themselves. This is how bad it was the ship was being broken, the wind was overwhelming, the storm was ferocious, and they had done everything within their earthly skills to navigate the ship to safety, but it was to no avail. And now it had come down to every man for themselves. They had now reached the place where they were throwing everything that could possibly lighten the load of the ship overboard. And in verse number 19, the Bible talks about the tackling of the Ship they had set loose and threw over every tangible thing, the gear, the cables, the mast, everything. Everything that possibly could be removed. They were frantically trying to save the vessel. When I was studying this passage of scripture, the Lord brought a stunning comparison, and I hope that you can identify with this. Because as we have been talking about storms of life, whether they take place over a period of time or whether they happen overnight, whenever you and I reach a storm in our life, a serious interruption, a serious disruption, I would advise you that that would be the time at whatever unnecessary baggage that you're carrying around, In your life, let's start spiritually speaking. Whatever things that you might be carrying that are not necessary to help you grow in the faith or the things in general of life, excess baggage, so to speak, when your life is consumed with the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, when you're overwhelmed with these things, I would advise you of this that when your life comes into this, and really it ought not to be just like Christmas and Easter, you do special things when special days come around, but I would especially admonish you to do this and take heed and consideration that when your life is going through some kind of valley, you're unsettled in some kind of way. You feel the storms are blowing in on you. Your life seems to be falling apart as fast as dominoes can fall down. I would encourage you that this would be the time that you go through a spiritual checklist and whatever things that you find in your life that are unnecessary, get rid of the unnecessary baggage in the time of the storm. I want you to think about this. This is not only good advice for the storm, but it's good advice in all weathers of life. In fact, there's a verse of scripture in the book of Hebrews that says this in chapter 12, verse number 1 let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And you don't have to wait until critical storms get in your life before you do this. This is good advice for everyday living. Now, in verse number 20, look at this scripture here. And when sun, neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, it indicates that the storm was so fierce that they had no way of telling exactly where they were. All hope was lost. The brightness of the sun and the day was diminished. And at this point, they're all beginning to think that they're just simply not going to make it. In verse 21, the Bible says this, but after long abstinence, and that refers to a long time without food. So here's the thing now. They're on the storm. They're going in the storm, through the storm. It's overwhelming them. The ship is being battered and tossed. All of these sailors, including Paul, feared for their life up to one point. They had gone many days without nourishment. In fact, Paul reminds them, if you look back in 9 and 10, verse 9 and 10, chapter 27, verse 9 and 10, before this journey ever took place, Paul said, listen, we ought not do this. It's against our better judgment. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit speaking to Paul. Now look at this. Now much time, verse 9, after much time was spent when sailing was now dangerous because the fast now already passed, Paul admonished them. Look at this in verse 10. And said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and much damage, Not only the landing and ship, but also of our lives. Paul warned them before they set sail. We ought not to do this. There are too many negatives involved in this journey right now. And so at this point, Paul in verse number 21, he's reminding them that they should have listened to him. If they had not sailed when he had instructed them not to, they would not have been in this particular situation. And when I think about this, I want you to personalize it this morning because it's a picture of Christianity today. Many times the Holy Spirit will come to us and speak to our hearts. And he will say, now how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? The Bible says, try the spirits and see if they be of God. A lot of time when you are overwhelmed with a thought or an idea and you get a habit of saying, well, God told me this and God told me that. You need to try the spirits and see if they be of God. Because a lot of times the Holy Spirit gets blamed for stuff he had no part of. But you as a child of God, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. So as a born again child of God, you know the voice of God. Here's how you listen carefully. If you feel the Holy Spirit, this is how you know if the Spirit of God is talking to you or if he's not. If you feel that the Holy Spirit of God is telling you to do something that goes against this Bible, it's not of God. God's Holy Spirit will never lead you in any path that's contrary to his word ever. So how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit? Does it line up with this Bible? Does it line up with God's word? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will come to you and give you clear instructions about something you ought to do or something you ought not to do. And because of our flesh, sometimes we are just overwhelmed with self-indulgence, and we want to do this regardless of what God thinks. We want to do that regardless of how he feels. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will come, and he will weigh our heart heavily. He will place this deep inside of our heart, and he begins to speak, no, you shouldn't do this. No, you shouldn't go there. But we want to do it so much from within our flesh, that we say, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm not going to listen to you, God. And then ultimately we realize that we should have, but here's something. When the Holy Spirit says, stop, and he says, go, or he says, don't do this or don't do that. He has the ability to see the future. He knows the storms in our life. Sometimes we can think this, well, I know God, what you're saying, I shouldn't go in this direction, and I shouldn't do this, and I shouldn't do this. Sometimes we try to figure it out ourselves. We think, well, I can figure this out myself, God. I'm, I'm 30 years old, and I've got it all worked out. Did you ever think you had it all worked out at 30? Well, I'll tell you what, I thought I had it all worked out when I was 18. But my mom and daddy taught me different. Sometimes we think we have it all worked out. We, we don't have a clue. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will come and he'll say, stop, stand still, or move forward. And if we think that we've got it all figured out and we are going to sail away from the storm, around the storm, or above the storm, here's what we, and we find ourselves sailing on out anyway, Go to verse 29 and look what happens here. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors. Listen, it was all hopeless to them at this point. The sailors had thrown out four anchors into the sea, all ready to steady the ship. But like everything else they did, nothing was working, nothing was to avail. This ship was destined... To break up. And as I was reading the story, I realized that these sailors had anchors that did not work. Nothing they had was of any help. No experience that they had could change an ounce of what was taking place. None of their skills were working. But on the other hand, Paul had four anchors that did work. He had four strong anchors that would steady him and hold him through the stormy situation that they were in. And I want to apply this to that circumstance then and to our circumstances in life right now. And the amazing thing about all of these anchors is that Paul, what he had, every single born-again child of God has the same four anchors as well. Let this be an encouragement to you today. These four anchors that I want to share with you right now, they're good for living, and they're also good for passing. I had a lady come to me a long time ago, and she said this to me. She said, Pastor, I'm scared to death at the very thought of dying. And she was trembling, and she was crying, and I could tell she was shaken up. She says, I go to bed at night thinking about it, and I'm, I'm just scared to die. And I began to remind her, I said, the reason why you're scared right now, by the way, I've reassured her that God is not the author of fear. God, the Holy Spirit, was not sending fear her way. God was not trying to tremble her to the core of her faith. God doesn't do that. I said, ma'am, the reason why you're scared to die is because right now God hasn't given you dying grace. He's given you grace to live. So here's my advice. Quit thinking about that. As long as you're living, as long as you're breathing, as long as you got a sound brain wave, listen, don't Consider tomorrow, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You take advantage of every day, every life, every breath that God has given you now. And when it's time for you to go, when it's time for you to step inside the chilly Jordan, God will give you dying grace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. If, if God has got you on this earth right now, living and Functioning. Listen, he's got a purpose for you. When that plan and purpose is over and he summons you home, listen, he will give you the dying grace. He will say, take these nail-scarred hands that you trusted way back at the cross, and I will see you through on the other side. Those nail-scarred hands of Jesus are just as secure in life as they are in death. And as I read this passage of Scripture here, It's true for every child of God. Even though Paul found himself in what seemed to be a helpless situation, these four anchors are important. Let me give them to you quickly. Number one, follow along with me in your outline this morning. Paul had the strong anchor of the presence of God. And let me remind you that you have the strong presence of the anchor of God as well. Notice this. In verse 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. Look at that. The strong anchor of the presence of God. Even though Paul found himself in a fierce storm, he knew he had the confidence that he was not alone. Thank God that's true for every child of God. I'm thankful that we have a God in heaven who's watching over us and presiding over us each and every day, each and every night. Aren't you glad when we go to bed at night, God doesn't go to bed? God is ever proceeding and presiding over his children. Notice this, whatever, regardless of whatever storm you're facing, maybe you're going through a storm this morning that's overwhelming you emotionally. Maybe you're going through something today that's affecting your marriage. Maybe you're going through a domestic situation. Maybe a financial situation. Maybe physical. Maybe it's social. Maybe it's at work. I don't know. But as Christian people, we have the same confidence that the Apostle Paul had in the relationship with the Lord. Listen to this. And this is a great comfort that I get from that inspiration as a believer. No matter what life throws at me. No matter what storm comes my way, it doesn't matter how I'm overwhelmed, I never have to face one single moment of it alone. When I feel alone, when I think I'm alone, I never have to face it alone. The Lord will never say to me, this job, this storm, this circumstance, this problem is far too much for me. It's too big for me. Now you're on your own. He will never say, now there are many people that I have to take care of and I have to watch over. I don't have time to deal with your storm anymore. I've got to move on to somebody else. I'm glad he's not like that. I'm so thankful today that whatever step I take in every valley and every mountain and every prison and every cloud, every trial, every rough and stormy sea, I will always be graced by his presence. Thank God when you feel like you cannot see him, always remember he can see you. When you feel like you can't touch him, he's there. When you feel like you don't have any idea of what's going on from one moment to the next, glory to God, he's there. One of the strongest anchors that we have as a believer is the presence of God. Number two, quickly, I want you to see this, and this is the strong anchor of the promises of God. You and I have available to that as well this morning. Verse number 24, notice with me, and 25, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you? Do you believe God? Think about that. That it shall be even as it was told to me. Notice that. As Paul was in the midst of the storm, the Lord threw an angel. The Lord reminded him that he would be brought before Caesar. And so here's the thing. When Paul is going in the storm, and everybody is about ready to lose their mind. They're going nuts. They're thinking that they're going to die. They're throwing everything overboard. They're doing everything they know as a skill to navigate this vessel. Nothing's working. It seems the ship is breaking up. And the angel says, Paul, hey, fear not, because you have an appointment with Caesar. That instantly told Paul, hmm, If I have an appointment with Caesar, then this must turn out right. This must be going my way. If I have an appointment with Caesar, I know one thing, I'm not going to go down with this ship. If I have an appointment with Caesar, I'm not drowning today. Look at this. The angel said that not only would Paul be saved, but everyone on the ship as well. Now, how in the world could Paul have possibly believed in such a thing with such a terrible circumstance, a terrible storm blowing around him? Everywhere he looked, it looked destroyed. It looked like it was defeated. And so let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a place in life when you looked all around and you felt like that nothing could prevail, nothing was going to work, all hope was lost? that there was absolutely nothing you could do, nothing your loved ones could do. It was something that money couldn't buy. It was something that education could not put you over the top of. It just seemed like that you weren't a pressure cooker and things were crowding and exploding all around you. But listen carefully. When that happens, just like Paul, he believed God. And I encourage you to believe him too. Paul believed God. He knew that God could always meet the need. He knew that he could always trust in God. Nothing would cause him to doubt. In fact, there's a scripture in Romans chapter four, verse number 21. And I don't know if this is on your outline, but write it down if it's not. The scripture says this, and being fully persuaded that what had promised, what he, God had promised, he was able to perform it. So here's the thing that I want you to understand. Always remember this. God's promises never depend upon circumstances. God's promises never depends upon my challenge. It never depends upon economics. It never depends, thank God, upon politics. God promises, listen carefully, his promises doesn't depend on one thing that I can do, one thing that I have done. It doesn't depend upon how the earth's axis moves and revolves. God's promises does not revolve around me. God's promises revolve around his word. That's what you need to remember. In fact, in Psalms 119, the Bible says this, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And in Titus chapter one, verse two, the Bible says in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And so if God can stand on his word, and here's the spiritual truth this morning. If God can stand on his word, then you and I need to stand on his word as well. Number three, real quickly. We have, and Paul had the strong anchor of the providence of God. And I want you to think, look at verse 24 with me. The providence of God saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. And so again, Paul is assured by the Lord that he will be provided for in this storm. And God was saying that Paul, even though things look real bad, that's my plan for you. You're going to survive. This is my will for you. And as long as you're in my will, as long as you're in my plan, listen, things are going to turn out right. And I can promise you this, that if you're walking in God's will, you have God in your mind and you're seeking the kingdom of God first. You're trying to please the Lord with every fiber of your soul, with everything you know to do what's right. You're walking in God's will. Let me remind you of what David said. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Paul said, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Thank God for these promises. And so in all reality... This storm was the safest place in all the world for Paul to be because in this storm, he was in the will of God. And it doesn't matter what we're going through, what's going on all around us, as long as we're in the will of God. God may be doing a similar thing in your life today. You might be going through a storm you did not see coming, just out of the blue, overwhelming you. God may have you in a storm right now, listen carefully, to accomplish his will. If that's what he wills for me or if that's what he wills for you, we need to say yes, Lord. God may have a storm. God may have something, interruptions, that's interrupting my life or disrupting my life to accomplish his plan. I want you to hold your place here just for a moment. Quickly turn with me to Mark. Chapter 6 I want to show you something quickly in the word today Mark chapter 6 and I want you to see this beginning in verse number 45 Mark chapter 6 in verse 45 the bible says in straightway he constrained his disciples to get in the ship and to go to the other side before unto bethesda while he sent away the people And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. When they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And so this is the point. It was Jesus that had sent these disciples into the storm. Here's what I want you to understand today. God knows exactly what I need in my life. God knows exactly what I need in my life to keep me on that straight and narrow, to keep me close by his side. He knows what you need. God knows where I am. He knows where you are. God knows how to send things into my life. God knows how to send the sun in my life. He knows how to send the rain in my life. He knows how, he knows where, and he knows when that he's going to meet and supply those needs that he's promised to do. Sometimes when terrible things happen, we here's what we have a tendency to say. We say, I can't believe this God. I've given all of my life to you. I serve you with all of my heart from the top of my head to the sole of my feet with every fiber of my soul. I love you and I serve you and I do everything that this Bible says. And now this thing has happened to me. Of all people, Lord, why do you let this happen to me? And I say for myself, why not? There are many people in this world today who are, listen, 10,000 times worse off than we are. You think about that just for a moment. We have to remember this. God's always wanting to perform his will in our life. Let me show you the best thing in all the world that you can do when unexpected storms hit your life. It's found in Psalms 57, verse number 1. And I hope maybe you circle it on your bulletin. You put a star beside it. I'm sure it's there. Psalms 57, verse 1. Read this verse. Look at it very carefully. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. When the devil begins to taunt you in your storm and your disruption and your interruption in life, when he begins to mock you or he laughs at God, he begins to mock God. He will come to you in a storm and he will mock or he will laugh at your faith. He will laugh at you because of your fear. In your storm, listen now, the devil's not going to leave you alone. He knows that that's when you're the most vulnerable. And he will come to you and he will begin to attack your emotions in all kinds of ways. But when that happens, and yes, you see things falling apart in your life. You don't have the answer for it. You know that you're doing everything right according to the word of God. Not perfect, but you're trying to live as best as you can. Here's what you do when you get into that situation in life and you feel that things are just not going well, things are getting worse, and you feel like you're on this ship and that it's about all to come crashing down. Listen, as a child of God, a born-again believer, you can look the devil square in the eye. As a child of God, you can say this, I'm in this situation today because of a divine appointment. I'm doing everything that I know to do which is right according to God. I'm serving the Lord. I'm reading the word. I'm spending time in prayer. And there's nothing on my mind that I need to confess. I'm not a perfect individual but I'm in this mess today. I'm in this trouble today because of a divine appointment. I don't understand what God is doing. I don't know how he's going to bring me out, when he's going to bring me out, where he's going to bring me out but all I know is I'm a child of God I'm here today by divine appointment I'm in God's safe hand he has promised never to leave me nor forsake me and I know this when it's over with I'll be a better Christian going through it than what I was before it started that's the kind of confidence that we need to put in God who has promised in his word I like that song brother David let us in just a minute ago Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. The worst thing in any Christian's storm you could possibly do is jump out of God's will. While our musicians come forward, I want you to see something in verse 30 and 31. As the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. The last thing you want to do in a storm is to jump out of God's will. That's what the devil wants you to do when you find your life just unraveling. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to jump out of the boat. He wants you to jump out of God's will. He wants you to think that God's forsaken you. And it's a terrible thing because I see it all the time. A lot of Christians do this the very minute that they experience trouble for the first time because for some reason we get ourselves so spiritually thinking that something like that couldn't happen to me. Don't ever put yourself up on a pedestal. Don't ever think that whatever happened in the word of God to some of these people can never happen to you. I promise you that every tragedy in the word that's ever happened, anything that we know of bad on the earth, listen, it could happen to us at the drop of a hat. Simon Peter said, I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll go to jail for you. The next thing we know, we find him cussing, swearing, denying he knew the Lord. So don't ever say that would never happen to me. It could happen to all of us, including me, at the drop of a hat in any second. When the devil sees that your life is unraveling, listen, the last thing you want to do is jump out of the boat. Last thing you want to do is jump out of the word. Jump out of your prayer. Jump out of your service. Jump out of serving the Lord. We have the strong anchor of God's performance. Everything that God said would happen, did happen. God kept His Word. He was able to work it all out. As you're looking at this storm maybe that you're facing right now, if you just remain steady, you remain in the boat, you remain in God's will. He will see you through. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.